This is Morning Air. This is about educating a people that for 40 years haven't been given the full truth. It's time now to speak the truth. When you do things to the best of your ability, keeping Jesus number one and doing everything you possibly can for His glory, that's a winner. You are called to make the light of Christ shine brightly in the world. Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio. Four minutes after the hour, it's Wednesday, November 10th. Good morning and welcome back to Morning Air on the memorial of Pope St. Leo the Great, Doctor of the Church. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance. Thank you so much for joining us coast to coast across America here on the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, I always uh, remember that every single day is a blessing and this is a message that I'd like to share with all of you because I really do believe that every day is truly a blessing. And every Wednesday, we always remember that this is the day dedicated to praying to St. Joseph, especially in this year of St. Joseph, the patron of the Universal Church, which sadly is coming to an end on December 8th, uh, the feast, the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception. Now, it's hard to believe that Christmas is right around the corner. Advent begins Sunday, November 28th, which would you believe it's only two weeks from this Sunday. Relevant Radio has a free and a simple way for you to grow in your faith during this upcoming Advent season. Let me tell you all about it. All you have to do is uh, sign up to receive Father Rocky's Advent Inspirations. These are short, they're compelling daily audio reflections designed to help you go deeper into the beauty of the Advent season. These reflections will be emailed to you every morning, all throughout the Advent season. They'll help you start your day with a big old smile and really give you something to ponder about throughout the day. You can sign up for Father Rocky's free Advent inspirations at relevantradio.com slash Advent or just click on the banner on the Relevant Radio app and uh, discover the Relevant Radio app in case uh, you're not familiar with it. There's a, a lot of tremendous good stuff there on our app. I want to check in with my partner, uh, Glenn Levers. Glenn, uh, what are a few of the stories this morning that are uh, making headlines? Well, John, with COVID still reportedly on the rise in some 24 states, uh, more and more talk of booster shots right now. Pfizer looking to get uh, FDA approval for a vaccine booster for all individuals 18 and older. The current rules for boosters right now are for anyone with uh, Pfizer or Moderna uh, over 65 or in uh, risk of a breakthrough infection because of a medical condition such as kidney disease, diabetes, pregnancy, or living conditions or at work and uh, but they're looking to extend that to, to everyone uh, 18 and older. Uh, right now, again, uh, one for uh, Pfizer or Moderna. Have to wait about six months since the, the last one, J&J, &J, uh, is uh, approved for those uh, waiting just a, a couple months after their first shot. And uh, the FDA does say you can mix and match. If you want a booster and you had a Moderna, for example, you could get a Pfizer, etc. And uh, that's the, the latest on that as uh, talk continues about booster shots. I can't help but, but wonder, uh, does this mean that we're going to have to be uh, doing booster shots like every three, every six months uh, ad infinitum? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And that's one that experts have not been able to answer yet. Absolutely. Um, in the NFL, uh, Aaron Rodgers continues to make some news, Glenn. 
That's right. He tested positive for COVID recently and uh, admitted that he wasn't vaccinated uh, eventually after uh, appearing to admit that he was earlier. So the Packers facing fines, my goodness, uh, up to $300,000 from the NFL. And uh, uh, Mr. Rogers, along with wide receiver Alan Lazard, fined uh, individually $14,000. Rogers missed the game last weekend against Kansas City and said that he might miss Sunday's game against Seattle, although he is feeling better. The question is, uh, will he play on Sunday? And could this actually um, cost the Packers uh, getting into the postseason or perhaps a trip to the Super Bowl? Well, they've got a great record so far with just two losses. And uh, they're, uh, you know, in firm playoff position now. But, uh, you know, roughly half the season left to go. So we'll see. Absolutely. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Sure thing, John. We begin every hour here on this show. Uh, First things first, always giving thanks to our Lord uh, through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of life and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, especially in this year of St. Joseph, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And every morning we invoke the Holy Spirit. Whenever we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And as we do every day, our power scripture from the playbook of life is from Matthew 16, verses 18 and 19. Jesus the Lord says, and I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. On this memorial of Pope St. Leo the Great, uh, I think that this is a very relevant uh, scripture passage. It's the crown jewel of apologetics on the scriptural basis for the papacy. Jesus made Peter the rock on which he founded his church. Our Lord Jesus also gave St. Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven, meaning his authority, Christ's authority. Pope St. Leo the Great was the 44th successor of St. Peter, and today Pope Francis is the 265th successor of St. Peter, an unbroken line of apostolic succession that goes all the way back to Peter the Rock and his confession of Christ as the Son of the living God. We always uh, conclude praying with great confidence, Jesus, I trust in you. Our number, if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. We're going to continue talking about the papacy. What is the basis for the papacy? Uh, Papal authority and the dogma of papal infallibility is often uh, misinterpreted as the pope can do no wrong. What does it actually mean that the pope is infallible? What does it apply to? Now joining us uh, with more on this feast day of Pope St. Leo the Great and the authority of the papacy is our spiritual director today, Father Marcel Tyone, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and a relevant radio regular contributor. Good morning, Father Tyone. Great to be with you once again. Uh, happy uh, feast day. 
Amen. I'm, yeah, I'm over in Newport, Rhode Island today, coming to you from the priest convocation of all the priests in Providence are together today. We've been praying and, and uh, adoring Jesus and hearing great talk. So not far from my home, but being honest, not exactly in the rectory today, but happy to uh, be live here as we talk about, I think, what, what's an extremely important topic and something that's a gift and is relevant to all of us in understanding who Jesus is and, and who the nature of our very church is that he founded his bride. So great, great topic for the day. Absolutely. And and Father Tyone, I may add, uh, thank you for taking the time uh, uh, from your priestly duties and his convocation to, to be with us here this morning. Uh, before we talk about um, papal authority, can you just give us a brief thumbnail sketch of uh, Pope St. Leo the Great, the doctor of the church, one of only three popes known as the great that we're celebrating on this day? Yeah, he, he's an amazing figure, right, in our history, and, and popes don't get called the great. It doesn't mean sort of like a great, like a celebrity, but great in that it was a tumultuous time in the church. Um, pope Leo the Great was both an incredible administrator, and he was at the time where, you know, Christianity had become legal to be practiced in, in the late 300s. So about a century later, he was elected in 440. Um, there were were tremendous what we call heresies. So a heresy is something that's some someone or a group of people believe that is against one of the basic doctrines or truths about Jesus Christ and, and about our salvation. So he was dealing with tons of heresies at the same time. He was trying to get bishops to be more uniformed in, in understanding their practices and teaching and discipline within the church. And he was an incredibly spiritual man. His writings, he has a famous Christmas homily. He, His writings are just like St. Augustine's writings, were just amazing. So for a Holy Father to be the great, it means that they really affected the rest of the, the church's history, and he certainly was sort of a an incredible holy father. And St. Gregory the Great, probably more known to most people, because he was later, and the Gregorian chant, and things like that. But Pope Leo the Great was indeed the great, and uh, he again, he, he protected the city of Rome when the Roman Empire was having problems. He was just tremendous. It's amazing what he did. He had accomplished feats uh, spiritually, certainly theologically, and even... Um, kind of not militarily directly, but he was able to save the city of Rome from being burned. Uh, he was just an, an all-around extraordinary person that affected the universal church in a wide way that, that almost really protected the church from outside forces and inside the church where people were just getting confused. So he, he called what's the famous Council of Chalcedon, and at that council, again, uh, it was pronounced clearly that Jesus had two natures, human nature and divine nature. So that was a, a clear... A clarity of the Holy Father um, united with the bishops at the time, but and now all you know it's in our creed every every Sunday we we know that Christ has two natures we we clearly understand that so we owe Saint Leo the Great a great debt of gratitude I think for his leadership that's who Jesus chose for the papacy during those years and uh, and we're grateful to God's choice for that and and I think today it's good to reflect on that how the past in the church and past popes affect even today but they're, they're the symbol of unity and the primacy of the successor of saint peter so we uh, i think i think today's feast day on, on this saint can help us understand the role of the papacy and also its importance but also when someone's called the great uh, that, that's no small accolade in any any way of life but especially especially in the line of vicars of christ that we've had and perhaps one day we will see that same title applied to uh, Pope uh, St. John Paul II, uh, who a lot of folks are already calling him the great, but it's not official for him. 
You know, amen, and I would agree. So, you know, I, what I did this morning, which I always I forgot about till, till I saw the questions for the show to prep up, and I, I looked at the YouTube video of St. John Paul II's funeral where people are saying, Sancto, Sancto Subito, Saint now. Like, it, it rose up. from. So when, when people are called, when a pope's called the great, really, it comes from the people. And, and you saw that at John Paul's funeral, and I think... Um, his whole influence against communism, theology of the body, and World Youth Day, and again another his his teachings, his effect. He's co-patron relevant radio for good reason. Uh, his communications and but but I I'm I'm a firm believer he certainly was the great in my life as a saint, and uh, I think many millions millions of people and even non-Catholics would agree that uh, John Paul was the great. So we'll see we'll see what happens in the future. But I I would agree with you, John. I think I think you're very insightful to to connect the dots between Leo and, and John Paul a bit. Santo Subito, I'll never forget that day, never forget the most watched television event in the history of humanity at the time. It was absolutely an unbelievable event. You know, to put things in historical perspective, um, you, you look at uh, Pope St. Leo uh, the Great, he was the Pope for 21 years uh, between 440 and 461, but I have a list of all uh, the successors of St. Peter, uh, from Peter all the way through the ages, uh, all the way to Pope Francis today. And when you look at that list, that unbroken chain of continuity that goes all the way back to Peter's confession of you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, in which we just uh, heard uh, the famous scripture passage uh, in Matthew uh, 16, 18, and 19, uh, where uh, Jesus says to Peter, uh, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Can you kind of break open that passage uh, Father Tyone, uh, the importance of, of that biblical passage for us to understand the authority that comes from Christ given specifically to Peter, uh, th- that authority of the keys of the kingdom. Amen. And, and I think every Catholic and even every Christian should, should read that, that passage and consider what that really means. We know Jesus established the, what we call the College of the Twelve Apostles. We know that even when Judas left, that college was maintained, right, with Matthias's replacement. But no question, the passage you read at the top of the hour here, uh, he gives the keys, what you bind in heaven will be bound on earth. Um, and of course, that's what we call today the magisterially apostolic teaching of the church about Christ, but also about us, about our way of life and, and our, our call to, to morality and holiness by, by what the church has always taught and what's rooted in scripture and tradition. So the magisterium of the church under Peter and his successors, um, not just in Matthew's, that quote in Matthew, but we can tell uh, certainly in, in all of the history of the church you just mentioned, all those, the unbroken line of holy fathers, there, there was contention at some points during history, um, and also the papacy was always, there was only always only one holy father, even when someone would contest that along the way. So the church, you know, the gates of hell will not persevere against the church. It's Christ's church. And sometimes I have great discussions with Protestant uh, brothers and sisters who, you know, kind of what we call sola scriptura, scripture alone is the authority. And I have wonderful conversations with them because they, they seem to not be aware of the history and some of the scriptures implicate. They hadn't read certain scriptures in the way that they should. And it's an important thing for Catholics to know why we say one holy Catholic apostolic faith. And, and part of that is we're with the vicar, we're with the successor of Peter, and any any valid priest can trace his 
his ordination back to the, the tree of the Twelve Apostles and Peter's authority. That's why our, our bishops today are our local successors of the apostles around the world, and, uh, and, and we need them. We rely on them to protect and give us the deposit of the faith. So, in other words, we can't go rogue on the two natures of Jesus. We can't, no one can, can sort of fall outside the many lanes of Catholicism, but don't go over the guardrail. We stay with Peter. We stay with the magisterial teaching, but but Peter, the the papacy is a gift. I think sadly today, you know, we live in a celebrity culture and social media culture. So, you know, the the Pope is a he's the symbol of unity in the church, but he's also a teacher, right? So he's a teacher. But I think what happens today with social media and incredible exposure, like never before in history, till the last twenty or thirty years, and I think people are getting sort of confused that when when the Pope teaches in a particular way, infallibly, or more importantly, and versus when he's just giving a daily homily or making a comment about something or the press conferences on the plane or maybe, you know... Talking about so- his like, favorite you know, soccer team? <laughs> we don't have no, to pay exactly, attention right? to that so, or, or the stock you're market. You're right, John. You know, exactly. So if the Pope has a favorite soccer team, that's great, but he's not speaking infallibly about a soccer team. And I think people you know, people don't really understand that. And I, I think it's important. I also think Catholics are sort of, whatever the Pope thinks about anything in his opinion has to be exactly our opinion about about soccer teams, about food, about, you know, sometimes you hear what he likes to drink. Um, and these things are, they're they're novel and they're they're wonderful, but they're not as important as the teaching of the faith that is rooted in his office. So it's not so much the person, but it's the office of Peter and, and Francis is in the succession of St. Peter. So that's a gift for us. It's a safety. Um, it's something we need to understand. And I think it's also something we need to not kind of manipulate or misunderstand uh, when the Pope is teaching with authority on doctrine and morals and uh, and when he's not. So a lot of, you're right, people think Catholics are sort of like this submissive, unintellectual, following along the Pope, whatever, about everything. And it's such a sad, it's such an impoverished view of the richness of the office of Peter and the unity, which is symbolized by that very office. So, you know, I, I think in the times we live, Benedict's resignation, it's it's time for reflection. What is the office of Peter? How does it work? And that why, is, why is Christ so insistent when he designed, a, a really instituted and, and founded our church, the papacy is, the office of Peter is a gift. It protects us all from error, and St. Leo the Great Day reminds us of that. Um, even John Paul, he had to make sure, you know, certain movements in moral theology didn't didn't take root because they were against the, the central aspects of our faith, and and that's, that's, when, that's when we see Peter uh, really being Peter, and, and we're grateful for that. Absolutely. And the whole idea, this dogma of papal infallibility, it's very misunderstood, as you pointed out. It definitely does not mean that the Holy Father is impeccable. It only applies to when he's speaking from the chair of Peter. Can you explain to us what ex cathedra means? Yeah, ex-cat, so he's, when he speaks from the chair, and the last time the Pope has spoken infallibly was not this Pope, but it was the Declaration of the Immaculate Conception of Mary. Mary is the Immaculate Conception. Just a few words. So that doesn't mean what the Pope is teaching or saying is not important, but the doctrine of infallibility that was actually solidified at the First Vatican Council not that long ago, again, when something like that is, is declared, it's something that's always been present in the Church. The, the, the Peter's always been able to speak sort of infallibly in his office, Office, but not unless he says that it, it, it is that way. So it's important that the Holy Father has not spoken infallibly 
again since since 1854. So, you know, people think again that uh, you know everything that's said about everything is infallible. And you you bring up a good point. He's not infallible. In other words, he's not impeccable. Like you use that word, he's not the immaculate conception. He goes to confession. He pray. Like in other words, he's 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 a member of the mystical body of Christ and that's one of Francis's gift to us he always shows us he's going to confession encourages us to go and models that for us so i think uh you know we know the first peter was a great sinner and after pentecost became uh really different gifts of the holy spirit that that are present in the church so i know the papacy is a gift to us uh, the office of peter is the rock and uh and you know we have to be careful not to make our holy fathers celebrities because they're successors of peter and uh, and they unite us in the teaching of the twelve apostles, and they keep us safe within the bark. The Catholic Church is a big bark. I love like the image of a boat to get us across safely to salvation, to safe harbor. And we have all the things we need in that bark. We have all of the Bible, the saints, the Blessed Mother. We have each other. Uh, we have encyclicals and exhortations and different kinds of teaching the popes gives, including daily homilies and and gatherings of people with the faithful around the world and his pilgrimages, but, but most importantly are the teachings of the church, the, the formal teachings that, that are necessary for us to believe, not out of lack of intelligence or lack of faith, but a great trust and confidence and understanding of the gift of the See of Peter and what that means. And again, that Matthew's Gospel is, is just, I encourage everyone listening today, if you haven't kind of meditated on that, to take that scripture we started with in Matthew and... Uh, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for Catholics? And, and what does it mean? It means when, we, when there's when there's sins and scandals and difficulties in in our lives and the life of the church that we can we can be sure that uh, we stay with Peter and and we have that peace being in the bark of faith and the bark of the beautiful church that's the bride of Jesus. Absolutely, and uh, and these teachings uh, are very biblical. Not only in Matthew 16, but also it's foreshadowed in the Old Testament, Isaiah 22. We see the authority of the prime minister uh, back in, in those passages. Uh, John 21, uh, Jesus making uh, Peter the universal pastor. Uh, Acts 15, uh, Peter has spoken at that first uh, count, church council. There's so much more that we can actually uh, study. That, and it's, I think it's really interesting. Uh, Father Tyone, that uh, St. Peter's always listed first uh, as the head of the apostles. It's always Peter, James, and John, and then the other guys. Peter's mentioned 195 times more than any of the other apostles combined. So uh, the the proof from history, from scripture, from tradition is undeniable uh, for the office of the papacy, Father. And one other thing I would mention, I think it's important on Easter morning, right, when the apostles heard the news that Jesus had been risen from the dead, John, the beloved disciple, and Peter run to the tomb. John gets there first, we're told, but he waits, and he lets Peter go in first. And I just think, you know, what, what was that about? I, I just think that's a rich symbol for us, and, and also even at the core of the resurrection of Jesus, even there, uh, the primacy of Peter was, was, uh, was present, and it's told to us even in an Easter story. And I think that's an important part of it as well, that even John the Beloved got the Blessed Mother after to live with him, and, and the only non-martyr, but I, you know, and again, see St. Peter's in Rome, the Vatican, the Vatican is one huge tombstone over Peter's grave, right? So Peter was martyred and buried there on Vatican Hill, not a Christian name. We look at St. Peter's, I think people see the 
the dramatics of the papacy and, and the global effect of our church, the largest church in the world. But we look at that building, and we need to remember it's the first pope, the leader of the church. His martyrdom, his blood was shed there. When you go to St. Peter's, um, that's it's sacred ground because our the one that Christ chose to be the first uh, is buried there. And, all, and, and there, there's nothing like it in the world. There's no other institutional reality, no country, uh, no no you know kingdom or you know all these movements that have happened through human history but but only the church uh, was founded by Jesus and it's the only church that can boast with who founded different christian churches our church was founded by Jesus Christ we respect and, and see Christ's presence in a way in other christian bodies but only a catholic church can say we were founded by Jesus Christ and and on the rock of peter so Gosh, we are so blessed, and uh, we, we are, Father. We really, really are. And uh, we could, I could talk about uh, the, the papacy for for the rest of the hour, but we are unfortunately out of time. I just want to add, I did have the blessing of being able to stand face to face with the tomb of Saint Peter underneath the great altar of Saint Peter's Basilica several times. It's awe inspiring to be there to see that uh, this all began because of Peter's confession. Thank you so much, uh, Father Tyone, for being with us. I really appreciate your insights. Well, God bless you. Bless it all. Many blessings to you, too. Our spiritual director today, Father Marcel Tyone, the pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic Parish in Narragansett, Rhode Island, and, of course, a relevant radio regular contributor. We need to take a short break when Morning Air continues. Career coach Bruce Lockenauer is going to be with us once again to continue uh, our series on landing your dream job, and we'll be taking your call. So stay with us. There's much more to come here. Uh, down the stretch, the final half hour of uh, the show right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Stephen, who's listening in Kentucky, for donating his Ford. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. Get connected to the conversation. Call us now at 888-914-9149. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Thirty-three minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you for tuning in here on the Relevant Radio Network and the Relevant Radio app. Now, as November is well underway, we still find ourselves in the midst of one of the most active job markets in history. In fact, job creation roared back in October, according to the latest uh, reports, as uh, employers added 531,000 jobs. That is good news. Let's take some time uh, this morning to reflect on our work lives and careers, including discussing one of the 12 practical steps to landing your dream job. And now joining us uh, to talk all about it is career coach Bruce Lockenauer. Bruce has spent the last 25 plus years working with board of directors, CEOs, and top executives on their career and talent needs. Bruce is with us this morning to share some insights on creating a marketing strategy, and also he's available to answer uh, any of your questions. Good morning, Bruce. Welcome back to Morning Air. Always good to be with you. John, good morning. It's a pleasure being here. Looking forward to the show. For sure. Uh, the news uh, from last Friday on the job front, uh, 531,000 new jobs. First of all, what's new in the work world and uh, what's your take on the latest job report? 
You know, it just keeps coming, John, as you pointed out. The uh, October jobless rate for college grads dropped to 2.4%. If that's not full employment, I don't know what is. And even for those with high school diplomas, it fell to 5.4%. And an interesting note that the, the, the difference between those two is compressing. Why is that? Companies are responding to the tight labor market. Some of them are dropping requirements for degrees. Some of them are not even checking. Uh, they're, they're not verifying education, checking, checking employment backgrounds. Let me give you a few, a few anecdotes and um, examples. UPS, if you wanted to be a driver's helper, John, you pull up the app on your phone, and in 10 minutes, you answer some questions, and you'll get a call from someone at UPS giving you a contingent offer for a job. I mean, that's incredible. In fact, the uh, wow. the head of talent for UPS said, you know, in the market that we're in, if we don't make someone a job offer quickly, someone else will. And, wow. and that's, and it, How many folks just, actually know this information, Bruce? I'm just wondering because, you know, people sometimes still have that mindset that it's hard to find a job when the reality is just the opposite. In fact, what, what is the, 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 uh, the, the um, latest number uh, as we speak uh, approximately uh, of uh, open uh, job opportunities uh, uh, in our country? Well, you mentioned the new openings. It's still around 2 million more openings than there are people. And, and we've talked about it before, John. I think it is widespread. But the key is, and this is what we're going to be talking about, is getting into that uh, need that the company or the employer has before they go out to market, because that's how things get solved. And that's one of the, the key steps we're going to talk about. But, you know, John, there's something else going on that I think is going to make it even more. And, and you know, we, we, we think about the past. Uh, and in the past, it was hard. And it's, it's still, it still requires work, John. That's why we're talking about these 12 steps. But it's if you're not happy if you need to make a change now is the time so so here's the other thing that i'm concerned about that's the vaccine mandate if that if companies employ that there's a, a family foundation called the kaiser family foundation that published a survey last week 30 percent of unvaccinated workers said they would leave if their employer required them to get a vaccine or to be tested weekly and a quarter of all adults said they knew someone who le already left a job because of vaccine mandate that's going to throw gasoline on this hot fire of a market that we're, we're already right seeing now. it. We're seeing yeah. it already all over the place. Indeed, indeed. And uh, so I wanted to just take another aside here, John, before we talk about uh, practical steps. And that's to talk about this term, the great resignation. And when I first heard it, it just doesn't roll off your tongue. And it also resignation has, I think it's a misnomer. It's got a negative connotation. It's, it, you know, you're resigned, you feel bad about something, you have to leave something. And I suggest that we, we think about it as a great reawakening. Because what's happening is, you know, what, what is re reawakening? It's to rediscover what's important, to reorder something for the good. Now think about, you know, people we've talked about and people who've called into our show here so far. We talked about the, the financial services uh, worker who survived a heart attack uh, during the pandemic. And he's, he, he, that was his wake-up call to say, I'm taking my kids to and from school. I'm not taking 6 a.m. calls. I'm limiting you know, the, the, the amount of time on, on, on phone calls and, what, and videos. And what he found is he's, his productivity is increasing and his perspective has gotten so much better. A lot of moms, John, you know, being forced to, to work from home and having their, their, their kids on online school, some of them 
are either helping them or homeschooling them and have found that they really like it. So they, they discovered that that's how they want to you know, raise their, their, their children in the time that they have. Another example of point two is, I don't know if you've experienced this, but um, our parish, daily mass attendance is up about 50% over the pre-pandemic level. I think people discovered that going to mass is really important. So, you know, and here's, here's another, um, another example. We, we, uh, we traveled to the East Coast and uh, saw some, some friends, and there were three siblings that I talked to, and each of them are an example of what we're talking about. One of them, uh, the youngest son, decided that he wanted to go out on his own. He'd been working for another company, and uh, uh, through the pandemic, said, you know, I think I want to work on my own, and has, and it's working very, very well. Another one um, who works in a hospital said, I, I, I'm spending too much time commuting, and put in for a transfer, got it, and is now working down the street from, from where he lives. And, and the third uh, sibling uh, had been working on a book for the last several years and said, you know, I'm going to finish this and get it published. And, and, and she has. It's, so it's, it's, I feel, John, that God has brought a lot of good from the quarantine and that people are reawakening to what's most important in their lives. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, say that everybody's happy and that everybody's figured this out. There's still a lot of people that are burned out. I think about our caller, John, that, that poor woman who was in tears because she was burned out and she felt if she feared if she left, she'd put even more pressure on those, those workers she left behind. And there is depression out there from people working at home and not having the social interaction. Uh, but it's important for, for our listeners, you know, if they are in a situation where a change should be made to pray about it, talk with family and friends, talk to a spiritual director, and um, really discern what 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 changes they should make because now's the time. Now is the time. Absolutely, and and I think it all goes back to to your first step uh, to discern prayerfully uh, where you're at, what you want to do, what's important to you. Um, I think that 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 first step uh, is is so crucial uh, to this reawakening. It is. It is. And and you know the best as you know you know the best way to do that is to get on your knees in front of the Blessed Sacrament in a church. Uh, and or, as we've talked about, and I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but to, to go on a retreat. There are a lot of religious retreats you can go on where you can leave that phone, you know, leave your job behind, and pray to our Lord and listen and get those priorities aligned properly. I think that that's the silver lining that we've seen from the pandemic and the quarantine, that uh, people are reawakening to what's important. And companies are realizing that. They're having to change things. You know, and, and increasing salaries, which is happening, isn't the only thing that's going to get people to be happy staying there. That, that lasts a couple months, but helping them live the lives that they want to live and uh, serve a purpose is, uh, is what's going to uh, help them retain their employees. Our guest this morning is Bruce Lockenauer, career coach. Uh, we're talking about uh, how to find that dream job. And uh, we're going to get into uh, some of the practical steps here uh, momentarily. But uh, if you have any questions, if there's anything that comes to mind, uh, perhaps uh, just the, the shocking reality of like what's, for example, what's going on with, uh, with UPS, the fact that you can literally uh, sign up for a job in a matter of just minutes. Uh, if any other questions,
question. Anything that might come to mind with it when it comes to finding that dream job, if you want to run it past uh, Bruce, give us a call. We have open lines as we speak, but please do not wait till the very last minute because we've had jam lines and it's always towards the end of the show. So give us a call right away, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Bruce, uh, we actually need to take a, a short break uh, as we continue our conversation with career coach Bruce Lockenauer. Stay with us. We'll be back with more after this timeout. You're listening to Morning Air with John Morales on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Up every morning just to keep a job, I gotta fight my way through the hustle of my heart. Sounds of the city pounding in my brain while another day goes down the drain. Yeah, yeah. 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. Welcome back to Morning Air. As we continue our conversation uh, with a friend, uh, Bruce Lockenauer, career coach, uh, we're, we're talking about uh, the great resignation or reawakening more of uh, his 12 steps on uh, networking strategies and uh, ways to find your dream job. Uh, Bruce, welcome back. Thanks, John. Hey, I got to tell you, your producers do such a great job of teeing us up with uh, a great music that relates to the job market. It's so much. It's so fun. Uh, Sarah is uh, the uh, uh, eloquent uh, maestro. She is running the controls here uh, and uh, does a fantastic job. Thank you, Sarah. Last time that we chatted, in fact, this was before, by the way, the pledge drive, which I think ties into talking about, you know, careers and finances, because the fact that so many people supported the mission of Relevant Radio, the mission of bringing Christ to the world through the media, we had a record way, way over $3 million in donations last week. It was it was the greatest pledge drive in the history of the network. I think that that says a lot. People are hungry for uh, for a lot more they're they're hungry for the truth they're hungry for spirituality and in fact this is what we're doing here in this segment we're bringing uh the truth about the the the, the career the job situation and bringing a, a spiritual a, a catholic perspective yeah i'm not surprised john it, it ties back to what we said about reawakening i think people have discovered that this is important that, that uh, what they hear and what they're learning and, and they're increasing their faith is is important to support so congratulations that's great Thanks, Bruce. And it's actually congratulations to our listeners, our Relevant Radio family. They're absolutely awesome. Uh, last time we talked about uh, your third step, the third of the 12 steps uh, that you recommend in finding that dream job, uh, creating a networking strategy. Um, you, you, you said it's a very important step, and you even uh, cited a few stats. Can you, can you run those by us uh, briefly? Yeah, John, after we talked last time, I wanted to check the source on some of these um, and I got a couple of other statistics that, that confirmed what we discussed. A company called HubSpot did a, a survey and found that 85% of jobs are filled through networking. 85. Huge, so, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. And then CNBC yeah. said that 70% of jobs are never published. So to get to the jobs that are not published, and even those that are published but are filled by networking, you're going to need to invest some time in raising awareness uh, with those employers by using your current contacts and building a network of new contacts. And that's what networking is all about. 
my wife used to say that uh, f- fundraising is friend raising. You know, yes. if, if you can if you can make friends with folks in in your industry, if you can work your contacts, circle back as the White House likes to say uh, to people that you might know in that ideal job situation. I think that that might be one way of uh, of uh, working. Um, you know, through networking. You know, and it, absolutely, absolutely, and it makes sense if you think about yourself as an employer. I mean, I, I'll give you the example of uh, us naming a dog sitter. So who did we turn to? Well, we've got a dear friend uh, who's fantastic, uh, uh, who's helped us out. When uh, that friend's not available, we've got the son of another dear friend uh, who, who uh, comes and helps us. And then when that person's not available, we had to scramble. And so we found uh, friends of friends who have a daughter uh, who, who is delightful and just terrific. So the point in, in that is the networking that we did. You know, we first turned to the people that we know and then relatives of the people that we know and then friends of the people that we know and have got great people. And the reason we do that is, good grief, they're coming into our house with our dog and you know, we want someone that we can trust. It's a very similar analogy, I think, to uh, the networking for a job. For sure. You know, earlier you mentioned uh, the uh, about approximately 2 million jobs that are out there. But the question in many of our listeners' minds uh, is uh, what kind of jobs uh, can you support a, a family? In fact, um, Louise is calling us this morning uh, from Austin, Texas, uh, uh, specifically talking about this very issue. Good morning, Louise. Uh, welcome to Morning Air. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Absolutely. You're coming in loud and clear. Okay, thank you so much for taking my call. Yes, my question, or actually just a comment, is what do you feel about um, the job situation where um, there there's thousands of jobs? I'm in Austin, Texas. It's booming out here. The market's insane. Thousands of jobs. But uh, for a family, um, you everybody in the household has to work to survive. Um, for example, myself, I have four children. They're all adults. If we all have to live together because we can't afford a home, we have to live in an apartment because the market has changed so much that basically the native Texans have been pushed out and everybody has come in. You can buy, you know, sell a house that was worth 100000 now for half a million and it's not worth that. So you have all these people have moved in but now if you don't have more than three or four incomes coming in you can't survive the jobs are there no doubt but you can't survive on one job yeah um i understand i understand i'm I'm, uh, empathetic of that that situation so i would i would pose that this market is like no other market in which you can step up and I don't know, you know what, what, what your, your family's jobs are today and or skills are that you've developed through those jobs, but they arguably could be applied into a job that makes more where you might have an opportunity to make more money. You talked about the real estate market. I don't, you know, if someone in the family has got a sales background, I got to believe both commercial and residential real estate are booming and would have an opportunity for someone to, to bring in more income. So it goes back to our uh, what we talked about earlier, which is, and, and, and I think maybe we'll do a piece on this too, which is how do you, how do you replant yourself or repot yourself? How do you go from doing what you're doing today to doing something totally different that hopefully will pay more and provide you with more financial flexibility so that you can all have your own places rather than having to live together? 
Thanks, Louise. I appreciate it. I think that that's a, a very uh, relevant uh, question that a lot of folks are thinking, the right kind of jobs. Uh, we go to Mary in Wausau, Wisconsin. Uh, Mary, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with career coach Bruce Lockenauer. Thank you for taking my call. I have a question regarding um, children that graduated from college. Uh, my daughter has a business degree business management, and almost two years ago now. So she's applied for a lot of jobs, and the reply she gets is we need someone with three to four years' experience, and she has a lot of experience um, over the years with different things that she's done in her life, And um, but that's the answer that she's getting. So what would you recommend? What do you? I understood you to say networking. I get that. Her college degree was on a, at a um, Catholic university where they train, you know, to go to work, bring your faith to work, and they address um, business management so you're ready to go, you know, into a job. So what would you advise on that? Yeah, Mary, uh, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. She, the good news is she has experience. And the, the key is to leverage the experience that she has. As I mentioned early in the show, there are employers now that are hiring sight unseen without even looking at experience. And that's, a, that's an entry level. That's a dramatic example. But the point I make is that the labor market is so tight that what companies were doing six, 12 months ago, they're doing less so today. And if somebody comes in, you're right. So if she applies, this is just to what we're talking about. If you apply and, and, and people do find jobs through job postings, don't get me wrong. Um, and and given the, the the hot job market, it's worth it's worth applying. But they they you know a, a computer bot or someone will find a reason to throw out resumes because there are so many that come in. If she works through the networking, if she thinks about her her colleagues that have gone on to other companies, her classmates who have gone on to other companies, people that know her who can put her resume in front of an H, a human resources person, a hiring manager, and say you got to take a look at this woman. I know she doesn't have the requisite seven years of experience we're looking for, but she's dynamite. I, I guarantee she's going to get uh, an opportunity to talk to them. Thanks, Mary. Thanks so much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, and we hope the best uh, for, for your daughter uh, in the upcoming days. Uh, uh, Bruce, uh, we're just about uh, out of time. Uh, final thought here. We have a, about uh, less than a minute. You bet. Um, I think people are going to be surprised, John, both of these callers that, that we talked to at what they have uh, in terms of their own experience and competencies and how broad their network is. And if they put those two together, this is the time to go find that uh, next opportunity and better their lives, both uh, humanly and supernaturally. Absolutely. Um so much appreciate your advice, uh, practical stuff, and, and especially the, the uh, aspect of the fact that we try to look at things through a spiritual perspective. And you, you always emphasize the importance of prayer. you got to bring prayer into looking for that dream job. You bet, John. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks uh, so much. Uh, Bruce Lockenauer, career coach and executive search expert, uh, has been with us. Uh, if you uh, have any questions whatsoever, uh, you can always reach out uh, to me uh, personally, and uh, we'll put you in touch with Bruce if you, if you need uh, some personal attention. Uh, Jay Morales at RelevantRadio.com. And uh, now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner.
Our story today is called Autumn Years by Joseph Mazzella. We are having an unusual autumn this year here in the mountains of my home. First, the summer weather seemed to hang on forever. Its hot days stretched through September and into October. Then when the fall-like weather did arrive, it really kicked the leaves into high gear. Usually here, the maples changed first, blessing us with their bright, beautiful reds and lovely, peaceful yellows. Then, as their leaves fall to the ground, the oaks begin to change, giving us their deep burgundies and earthy browns, making the hills around us rich and rusty. This year, it seems all the leaves are turning at once, however, the maple and oak trees reaching the peak of their color at the same time. It's such a glorious sight. Driving along the mountain roads today, I was in awe of the intense beauty. The sun was playing peekaboo in the clouds, popping out to shower sunshine on the leaves in different moments and adding to the wonder of it all. Part of me wondered if this is what heaven looked like all the time, and it felt like singing. In the back of my mind, though, was the knowledge that a few more weeks, and all the leaves would be down, the hills would be full of stark, skinny skeletons covered in gray bark. Thinking of this made me take a look at my own life. I was now entering my own autumn years. I've lived here for 55 years, and if God wills, I may get another 25 to 30 at the most. How was I going to live them? Was I going to spend the last part of my life at my peak, sharing my love, light, and true colors with the world, or was I simply going to shed my leaves and spend the remainder of my days here as a stark, skinny skeleton? Then I heard within the warm voice of God in my heart saying, Choose! And in that moment, I did. I thanked God for a beautiful day, a beautiful world, and a beautiful life. And I promised to add my own love to it for all the days I had left. And may you do the same. From Isaiah 46.4, Even to your old age, I am he. Even when your hair is gray, I will carry you. I have done this, and I will lift you up. I will carry you to safety. I want to also remind you that you can always listen to any of Glenn's Story Corners or any of the Morning Air podcasts or any segment that you might want to share with others or uh Listen to one more time. Just uh, download it at our Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. And also want to remind you uh, to pray the rosary uh, this day. You can pray with Father Rocky and the family rosary across America with all your prayers and petitions. 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this uh, edition of Morning Air. I'm Glenn, I'm John Morales for Glenn Leverance and producers uh, Sarah Tafoya, Mariano Gomez, Gabby Burke, and the whole team. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air. 